Members of Congress say they have a real chance to reform federal cybersecurity standards this year. Legislation has already passed one Senate committee. Now a House committee is developing a companion bill to update the Federal Information Security Modernization Act, FISMA. For more, Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. And Justin, FISMA, of course, is often talked about, often said to be need in reform. What are some of the updates Congress is contemplating now? Well, first and foremost, they want to clarify key roles and responsibilities. Who's in charge of what when it comes to cybersecurity in the federal government? The last time FISM was updated was in 2014. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency was just created as a standalone agency in 2018. And of course, the National Cyber Director was just established last year. So the House Oversight and Reform Committee held a hearing yesterday to discuss this FISMA update, and they've circulated a discussion draft of this bill. Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney said it matches up with a bill that already passed the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee last fall, clarifying those roles between what CISA does, what the National Cyber Director should do, is a key piece. Grant Schneider, former Federal Chief Information Security Officer, testified at the hearing yesterday. I view the National Cyber Director as having that overarching voice being a bit of a of the conductor. I view CISA as really being the operational partner with agencies. CISA should be there to help agencies who are tasked to implement their risk management programs. All right, so lots of different jobs impinge on cybersecurity. Are they defined in this new legislation, Justin? Yes, as we heard, CISA should have operational coordination responsibilities, and the National Cyber Director would have overall cybersecurity strategy responsibilities under this bill. And then, of course, there's the Office of Management and Budget. That would have federal cybersecurity policy development and oversight responsibilities. And, of course, all these offices would not work alone. They would work in tandem with these different roles. It would also co- The bill would also codify the federal CISO role into law. The CISO, of course, reports to OMB's chief information officer right now. It also was recently dual-hatted as deputy national cyber director, but that's not in legislation yet. This bill would do that. All right. And so how would this actually change things for agencies as they approach cybersecurity day to day? Well, the big thing the bill seeks to do is reduce reporting burdens on agencies and shift to a risk-based approach where risk is really being continuously assessed. So there would be less frequent FISMA assessments instead of annual inspector general assessments or audits, depending on the agency. That would happen once every two years. And CISA would be in charge of continuous risk assessments of federal cybersecurity posture across civilian agencies. CISA would also be in charge of continuous monitoring using information gleaned from, you know, remediation actions that agencies have taken. Have they patched that latest vulnerability? They would do penetration testing. There would also be vulnerability disclosure programs. And agencies would be required to keep inventories of all internet accessible systems. So there's some new requirements in there, but the idea is to come up with a modern, less uh, compliance-based approach. But it sounds like it might be a little less accountability for Congress to have on each agency individually if this all got centralized. Well, Congress would still want to get reports 
from CISA up through the National Cyber Director's Office and OMB. And the IGs would still be looking at agencies once every two years at the very least. So there would still be reports and lawmakers say these reports are valuable, but all they do is provide point in time assessments where something was discovered three months ago shows up in a report six months after the fact that might not necessarily be valuable. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. And during this hearing, what kind of other feedback did the committee get on this legislation? Is this something that there's general agreement on? There is general agreement on the need to update and modernize FISMA. Multiple witnesses from industry groups uh, urged the committee, though, to, to not be overly prescriptive with how they legislate what kind of technologies agencies should, should use and with how they define major cybersecurity incidents that trigger certain reporting requirements. This legislation will affect how agencies buy information technology. And of course, you can expect IT industry groups will have a pretty heavy hand in, in, in providing feedback on it. Gordon Bitko, Senior VP of Policy for the Information Technology Industry Council, spoke about the balance lawmakers should try to strike as they develop this bill. You can have the right balance of of centralized control and prescription with flexibility that you need for each agency to deal with its own risks, to understand that its landscape is different, that the threats it faces might be might be varied. So I, I think you need to strive to find the right balance there, not have legislation that is super prescriptive, but allows the right framework to, to have that flexibility within agencies to provide particular technology solutions. And that's the Gordon Bitco take. What about this new practices that have been outlined in the presidential executive order from last May, in particular, the idea of software bills of materials that agencies are supposed to get for their own software or software they acquire or even use as a service. And did that come up? Yes, that, that's one area where this legislation actually does prescribe something specific, and it backs up the Biden administration's move to require agencies to uh, maintain an inventory of SBOMs as part of their supply chain risk management programs. So as I said, you know, the Biden administration is already moving forward with this concept, which essentially is a list of software ingredients so agencies know whether they have vulnerable software on their networks or not on a continuous basis, and they don't have to go back and check every time there's a new vulnerability. We've seen this become especially pertinent with the Log4j vulnerability that was discovered last month. That's a critical exploit in widely used open source software. And administration officials have said that it underscores the need for SBOMs across federal government. Right. And it also underscores the need to have those inventories that you mentioned, because I think a lot of agencies woke up, a lot of organizations woke up when the Log4j exploit came to light and said, first of all, what's Log4j and do I have it? And it turns out lots of people mm -hmm. have it in lots of instances. So fair to say that the Log4j is maybe giving this legislation idea a little bit of a push? Oh, definitely. Uh, you saw multiple lawmakers reference this Log4j incident. We've had CISA officials, including CISA Director Jen Easterly, say multiple times that Log4j proves out the need for SBOMs because, uh, of course, CISOs, CIOs, IT teams across not just government, but industry as well, anyone who uses software, have been scrambling to figure out whether this open source software is a part of their, their enterprise. And it would be a lot easier if you had that inventory on hand. Yeah, and there's two interesting aspects to the Log4j thing. One is as people go doing the inventory to find out where and how they have Log4j, they're finding that 
probes of its existence on their networks date back quite a while. At the same time, and as you've reported, there haven't really been any serious exploits that have done damage in the federal space that we know of, at least so far. Log4j is a still a potential, and I imagine that has people spooked because maybe it could blow up any time. Yeah, it's really going to haunt agencies and, and private industry for months to come at the very least. As of Monday morning, CISA held, held a media briefing and, and said no agencies are known to have been hacked using the Log4j vulnerability yet. That's called Log4Shell. Agencies have remediated thousands of internet-connected assets since the bug was discovered last month. So no big attacks yet, just low-level criminal activity like crypto mining. But CISA officials have a couple of different concerns. First, they don't know what they don't know about what else they have on their networks. They remediated thousands of assets, but it could be discovered in other assets that they haven't scanned or found yet. Another risk is that the bug has already been exploited on certain systems by hackers, and they're just waiting to actually use that that new access that they've gained until there's less attention on this issue. So while CISA officials say it's been a pretty extraordinary federal response so far to Log4j, the remediation effort is far from over. Those unknown unknowns. Where's Don Rumsfeld when you need him? Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.